good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I am glad you're here to join me today. It is Tuesday, the 7th of January. That's one week down and only 50 more to go till New Year's. <laughs> Guys, it sounds like I'm ready to get through the year. Well, no, that's not the case, but we are a week into January. So far, it's been pretty decent. I'm sitting here looking out the window and seeing the peaking up of a sunrise. It looks like we have, I don't know if there's a lot of clouds up in the sky or not, but <clears throat> here we are, and I have my uh, English breakfast tea this morning, kind of getting away from coffee a smidgen, just taking a break. I'll be back to coffee for those of you who are coffee drinkers, uh, but just enjoying some tea here for a bit. Anyway, it is the 7th of January. I hope you're having a good week and that things are going well. I uh, have a little change in things today, uh, home and actually taking care of my mother who is who is sick today uh, and, and helping out there. So uh, hopefully she'll be on the mend shortly as well. Today, I'm going to just jump right into our, our topic for today. I found this um, on my uh, uh, granddaughter's website, or not website, her Facebook page, uh, a link to this article, and I really liked it. She's got a couple of little kids, and it's, it's a good, very good article. So uh, thank you, Carly, for posting this. I, uh, to make sure I didn't lose track of it, I stuck it out on my personal page just real quick, and several people have liked it already. But it's called Boundaries, Routines, and Early Bedtimes, 13 Habits That Raise Well-Adjusted Kids. And uh, it's, it's, uh, the author appears to be uh, the lady who has the, the website is uh, Lauren Tam. And the website is called themilitarywifeandmom.com. So if you uh, have military uh, moms, families in your family, uh, you may want to uh, turn them on to this website. Uh, it looks pretty good, and it looks like she has a lot of good resources. I had seen a thing on here about um, uh, parenting courses. I saw some stuff as far as uh, deployment, uh, things, uh, a binder with deployment information in it. So if your, your, uh, spouse is getting ready to deploy, you can, uh, maybe find some additional resources to help you through that challenging time. Well, the article, <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to, uh, read the entire thing because it does have some length. I will, I'm going to highlight some of these 13, uh, simple ways for raising well-adjusted kids. Um, they're they're no-brainers, but they're often things that we can easily overlook. So I'll probably read a little bit under each section, toss in a comment or two like I typically do, and why don't we just go ahead and get started? And uh, so the first of these is boundaries. And she says, no-brainer, right? But it's hard to set boundaries for kids and stick to them. This is especially true when kids push back, scream endlessly, or threaten things like, I hate you. Remember that when kids act this way, they're meeting their own needs in the only way they know how. Depending on the boundary, it can take a longer time before a child lovingly accepts a parent's boundary. 
When kids start to push back and scream less, this is actually your child moving towards acceptance of the boundary. If your boundary is like a wall and not a door that confusingly swings open from time to time, your child will bounce and eventually work to meet his or her her need in an alternate way. You know, what she says there as far as is the boundary a wall or is it a door that swings back and forth? That's one of the things I think is a big, big challenge for parenting. And it was a challenge that I struggled with. You know, do you need to hold that wall solid? Do you, that boundary, do you, do you allow some flexibility? And when you do, is that flexibility actually confusing the child depending upon their age and stage of development? Boundaries are good. They're, they're rules. They're, they're things that uh, allow for consistency. And um, it's kind of like, I've I've said this different times. I I heard this from a person who used to raise horses and uh, that the, when you have a young colt, one of the worst things to do is let it into too big of a pen. It needs to have a smaller pen uh, so that it learns those boundaries. And then you expand the pen as the, the horse matures. And that's kind of the way it is also with kids. Are we, are we giving too much liberty, too much freedom, too little structure before they actually have a good sense of developing it the, you know, inside of them? Uh, so, you know, whenever my kids were little, you know, and I would set a boundary, I would always, you know, with the rule, I would typically say, this isn't to take away your fun. This is to keep you safe. And so... Boundaries. Um, there's some more with that. I'm not going to get into the rest of it. But uh, the next one, number two, is routines. There's so much of childhood that is new and challenging for kids. Learning self-control and empathy, learning how to be a friend and interact with others. These are all very big things for kids. Using something as simple as these printable routine cards that she has a link to on her site can help kids feel grounded and relaxed. In fact, knowing what to expect at mealtime, mornings, and bedtime can bring a sense of relief to even the most carefree child. And I believe that's true. Having predictable routines. Stop and think about your work. If you work outside the home and you do not have predictable routines, how much stress does that cause? How much stress? It often does. And if you are, you know, work from home and you do not have routines and just kind of react and respond to just whatever is happening, the same thing applies. It's hard to get things done. It can create unnecessary stress. Routines is like when you have that, if you have to, okay, go back to school and you're going, you've been assigned to write an in-class essay. Do you pull out a blank sheet of paper or do you pull out a sheet of paper that had ruled lines on it? Well, of course, you pull out the ruled lines. Why? Gives you a structure. Now, if, if, uh, if it's going to be a creative exercise, I want you to do a drawing. Well, pull out the blank sheet because the creativity, the rules hems you in too much. But if you're going to do something like writing, you want to have a ruled paper. And it's that same kind of concept with routines. Number three, early bedtimes. Sleep is the building block for healthy brain development. And that is true. That's my comment. It helps us process the day's events and learn from them. 
you know, the, the thing that a lot of people think is when you're asleep, you're asleep. Well, no, your consciousness is asleep, but there's a whole lot of other aspects of your brain that is processing. The consciousness is just kind of our, our primary, our, our experience of reality, but there is so much else going on and good sleep is when a lot of that takes place. Let me get back into it. Sleep is a building block for healthy brain development. It helps us process the day's events and learn from it. Kids' brains are constantly developing and creating new neural connections. They absolutely must get sleep to nurture these connections. Between kid activities, school, and always squeezing in tech time, kids are going to bed later and having a difficult time settling before sleep. One of the most basic things you can do for your kids' behavior health, and well-being is to help them get the sleep they need. Yep, that is exactly true. And when you look at it, when you look at the brain, this is the thing that I guess has been a, a change in my looking at it as I have studied more and more on the brain and on neuroscience and and kind of that being a, a little side hobby of study is to me it's not so much the individual structures inside the brain, the physical structures, the part that really matters is how they're wired together so when this gets triggered, another part gets triggered. And these connections that allows us to to really expand and think, well, when you're in childhood, you're creating lots and lots of these, you could say, software connections. And that's just critical. That's just critical. And when kids are out of balance and they're not getting the right sleep, yep, that's going to hinder them. Number four is empathy. Um, do kids really need to be happy? What, or I'm sorry, what do kids really need to be happy and successful? The answer surprises most, empathy. It's the trait that allows us to walk in another person's shoes. New research shows that empathy plays a major role in predicting kids' happiness and success. Though kids are hardwired to care, they aren't born empathetic, just like they aren't born knowing how to uh, order a latte at Starbucks. It's a learning, it's a learned behavior. Empathy promotes kindness, pro-social behaviors, and moral courage, and is an effective antidote to bullying, aggression, prejudice, and racism. So those are all some, some good traits. And again, I agree. Folks that struggle with empathy as adults, they, I mean, they, they have a harder time in those kind of connections. And so, um, you know, this is, this is an important trait for kids to learn. Let me just double check my time. Yep, I'm doing okay. Number five, hugs. There's a saying by Virginia Satir that a respected family therapist, quote, we need four hugs a day for survival. We need eight hugs a day for maintenance. We need 12 hugs a day for growth. Hugging triggers the release of oxycontin, not oxycontin, oxytocin. <laughs> oxycontin is a narcotic uh, severe painkiller. Uh, so let's let's do that sentence again. Studies show that hugging can instantly boost oxytocin. Oxytocin is increased several growth hormones such as insulin-like growth factor 1 and nerve growth factor are increased as well. 
The nurturing touch of a hug can enhance a child's growth. I'm a firm believer in hugging. Uh, You can ask my wife. Uh, You can ask my friends. You can ask my old classmates. If I run into you, what's the likelihood you're probably going to get a hug? Unless you're just, you know, some guy just looking at me like, don't you dare come near me. You know, then you'll get a handshake. Uh, But I just, I'm just a hugger. And I raised my kids to be huggers. Uh, They got lots of hugs when they were, when they were little. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a believer that hugs are important. One of the things whenever I think about hugging is going back to, goodness, when was it? I think it was back in, it had to have been when I was in college in the 80s. There was a documentary I saw uh, regarding Nazi Germany. And in the uh, late 30s, early 40s, they were in trying to create in mass production, the Aryan race, uh, they had literally baby factories and they had film footage and they had conveyor belts and they had huge rooms filled with bassinets filled with babies. Uh, they were, they were breeding Aryan stock and they were taking the babies from the mothers at an early age and, and raising them in these baby factories. It's, it's absolutely horrific. And, they had a high death rate of infants. And what they determined was the infants that got lots of holding and hugging and snuggling, that they survived. And those that didn't, they died. It's, it's something, this, the, the human touch, the nurturing touch from birth on is so important. Number six, playful parents. Children don't say, I had a hard day, can we talk? <laughs> Maybe on sitcoms they say that. Uh, I'm thinking that, what's that new show on Netflix came out a year or so ago? Uh, Fuller House, that, that younger boy, I could see him saying that. But children don't say, I had a hard day, can we talk? They say, will you play with me? We don't reserve much room in our lives for fun and games anymore. Our days are filled with stress, obligations, and hard work. And without realizing it, we are more disconnected from our kids than ever. Play is the work of the child. I've heard that said many, many times. Play is the work of the child. And to connect with our kids, we must play with our kids. Take the time to put down our phones and realize that our kids need us to play. It sounds silly, but all the mindless Funny cat videos and random tasty recipes will still be there years later. Our children won't. I wish I was better at that. I tried. I worked at it. I like to do it. But I don't know if I did enough. But hopefully I did. Let's do... um, Let's do one more. And then I think we'll, we'll pause for today and pick this up tomorrow. I do like this. Uh, Number seven, outdoor time. Movement through activity, or I'm sorry, gosh, I'm having trouble reading today. Need to get my glasses checked. Movement through active free play, especially outdoor, improves everything from creativity to academic success to emotional stability. 
Kids who don't get to do this have so many issues, from problems with emotional regulation, for example, they cry at the drop of a hat, to trouble holding a pencil, to touching other kids using too much force. And that's a a quote from uh, Meryl David's Lindau author of Enlightened Parenting. Outdoor time. I'm a big believer in outdoor time. And, you know, there's there's a time to do stuff inside in our society, but what do you what happens when you go outside? What happens when you do stuff outside as a child or with your child? When I grew up, I had the pleasure of living in town, but across the street behind the houses was a great big woods. And I don't know who owned the woods. We, we kids heard rumors that the people who had the houses on that side of the street, that they owned the woods back so many hundred feet or back to a creek or something like that. But you know what? If, if they weren't mowing the grass, we considered it our domain. That was our kid domain. And we had two creeks. We had uh, two big junk piles that had been there for decades. There was the remains of an old canning factory that had been abandoned. Uh, There was, oh, where there had been a building on a hillside and the underneath part where they, you know, had columns and and a concrete roof. We'd play in there. There was a swamp. Um, There was, oh gosh, what? There was everything. There were hills, ravines, Uh, We could take that creek all the way down to another larger creek that was like a small river. And that's where we played. We built forts. We had, um, you know, played army. We played all kinds of things. We floated sticks like little boats down the creek. We would take the clay that we would dig out of the uh, side of the creeks and make dams and try our best to, to block the water. We we would rummage through the junkyard and find uh, vacuum tubes out of old TV sets uh, and trying not to you know get cut on something rusty and get tetanus. Um, we spent all summer and the bulk of the winter out there in the woods. And there's a lot of learning that kids can get from outside. They, they're using all their muscles, not just their thumbs on a phone. They're, they're, exp- they're experiencing trial and error. Hey, this worked, this didn't work. You know, there were places where we were trying to be able to jump across the creek without falling into it. Because it was about, well, it seemed like it was a big distance down. It was probably only three feet because we were younger. Uh, but we would we would expand our ability to jump depending on you know where we were along the creek and how far it'd be to jump. We would climb trees. We would cut down trees. We cut down one we weren't supposed to because it was a walnut. But we would build forts out of those things. Outdoor time is incredible. That's what I love about Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, that if the if the troops have good, strong outdoor programs and take the kids on a monthly basis out into the woods for a weekend, my gosh, there's so much incredible learning. So I could go on and on and on about that. Uh, if you live near woods, take your kids out there and play. If you don't near, live near woods, do like the commercial on the radio, you know, go to the forest. Uh, it's closer than you think. You know, we, we have an incredible national forest down in Southern Illinois. It's only, you know, a 
what is it, two-hour drive to get down there from where we're at. And so many people never travel down there. And it's absolutely gorgeous with hiking trails and biking trails and, um, you know, just areas, you know, it's, it's just incredible. Find where you have outdoor activities and do those. All right, that's going to be it for today. We'll pick up this tomorrow, and I hope you have a great one. Make the most of it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.